Welcome to The Wisdom Show, a gathering place for the world's leading experts in the fields of human potential, spirituality, personal development, health, relationships, and more. Join us as we evolve together to the highest expression of our lives. And now, your host, Gene Swan. Hello, everyone. Welcome, and thanks to all of you joining our community every day and letting us know that the guests and the information we're presenting are really changing your lives. We appreciate that. And today, we're going to find out exactly what it takes to live a healthy life, and beyond that, how you can live to 100 or even 140 while enjoying your life and fulfilling your purpose. Have you been trying to figure out how to stay healthy and slow down the aging process, but you're not sure what advice to follow? Well, our guest today, Dr. Norm Sheely, is truly one of the great pioneers in the fields of energy medicine, pain management, and alternative medicine. He's founding president of the American Holistic Medical Association, Holos University Graduate Seminary, and Holos Institutes of Health. Dr. Sheely has 14 patents in the field of energy medicine. He has published over 300 articles and 28 books, one of which we're focusing on today, Life Beyond 100, Secrets of the Fountain of Life, which takes us step-by-step through the process of staying healthy holistically and staying young naturally. Dr. Sheely, we've really been looking forward to this. Welcome to the Wisdom Show. Well, thank you, Jean. I'm delighted to be with you. Now, um, I think most people aren't aware that um, you are living proof of what you teach in the Life Beyond 100 program because you are actually almost 80 years old. You don't look like it, sound like it, and you're actually writing a new book. So you are living these principles and, and staying young. And I don't feel that. I, I still feel 26. Right. I wish that embarrasses me because how could I have a 51 year old son? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you um, and you also live very close to nature. You live on a farm and and you you grow your own food, right? Absolutely. And that is really key, staying close to nature, don't you think? I think I've always been involved in that, even though I have, you know, spent a number of years doing my training years, especially in in cities. But I really like the rural life. Now, I read that you've said that this book, Life Beyond 100, which came out a few years ago, is one of the most important books you've ever written, and you've written many groundbreaking books. So why do you say that this one is one of the most important? Well, all of a sudden, when I finished a certain bit of research, which I go into in the book, I suddenly, it just came to me right out of the sky, you know, if people would do this and this and this, we're going to live 140 years. And that's how the book came about. Uh, I had this intuitive hit, and, you know, what I've learned through many years of getting information like this is it, it, it's a, what I call a download. It is a gift from a, one of my guides, and it means something to me when I get it like that. So it wasn't a question just of living to be 140, but the knowledge that the longer you live healthily, the better it is because part of my argument is, you know, it takes 25 to 40 years to grow up. Right. (laughs) And then, you know, there's a principle in Eastern philosophy of you spend the first third of your life growing up, the second third making a living, and the third third is sort of getting in touch with your real spiritual self. Well, if you only live like the average American uh, 78 years, that's not very much time. And, of course, if people just had decent health habits, within 20 years, life expectancy in this country would go up to probably 100. And so if just having good health habits would take you to be healthily living up to 100, why not go beyond that just for fun? I mean, that's the whole thing about life to me. It should be fun. Now, one thing that you say in your program, which I found really interesting, is that a lot of people say they don't want to live to 100, and you have uh, some thoughts about why that might be, and I found this really interesting. Why do you think, as Freud says, that a lot of people have a death wish? Well, I was stunned when I went out lecturing in 42 cities on this particular subject, and I think a lot of people got angry with me. 
at the idea of suggesting to lift the 100. And the, 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 the main reason is that, unfortunately, the majority of people are not truly happy. My estimate is that 40% of people are clinically depressed, unequivocally, by anybody's standards. That's not an estimate. That's pretty factual. There's another 40% of people that I call subclinically depressed. On, on the scoring test, they might be one or two points away from depression, but they're certainly not happy. And so only about 20% of people are really happy. And I think that is a part of two things. Number one, for 5,000 years, every religion in the world has put women down. That's ridiculous. You know, it's even looking at your left brain, you don't have to be intuitive or otherwise. We all come from a woman. We wouldn't be here without a woman. And how could you put down your mother, your wife, or your daughter is the way I look at it. But more importantly, and I think this is the bigger problem of all, for the last 2,000 years, the church has insisted that we are all sinners, conceived in sin, born in sin, we never had a chance. And I think that is the biggest bunch of garbage that has ever been perpetuated on the human race. And it's to sort of keep them under control. And it's nonsense because you have never sinned. To me, true sin is murder, rape, robbery, or purposeful harm. And I say to all my patients and people all the time, if you've never murdered anyone, raped anyone, robbed anyone, or purposely harmed anyone, you don't have anything to be upset over. You're okay. Right. Also, don't you think that a lot of people say they don't want to live to 100 because they don't believe they can be healthy until that age? They figure well. Well, and that's always the, the other aspect of it. So many people feel that aging is associated with all kinds of infirmity. But the evidence, again, is quite good that, in general, we only dwindle, I call it dwindle, that is progressively go downhill rapidly over the last one to two years of life. So I say if you're only going to, you know, have major health problems for one or two years, why not live to be 120 or more instead of 78 or even 100? And so when I wrote this book, I see my closest friends, I invited them to my 140th birthday party. <laughs> And you're looking forward to that and going strong, so I'm sure that will be. Um, now, you do outline some steps we can take to live a healthy life, and you say there are a certain, I think there are five, five things that we need to do that are pretty basic just to stay healthy before we think about living to 100. So can you yeah. tell us what those are, what we all need to follow? Well, no smoking. Obviously, that's at the top of the list, although percentage-wise, the number two is keep your body mass index not fat. <laughs> that is between 18 and 24. Anything above 25 increases your risk of all kinds of disease and early death. And when you get up to a body mass index of 30 or above, it's as severe as smoking three packs a day. Number three is eating a minimum of Five servings a day of fruits or vegetables. The average American is like 2.2 servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Uh, number four is physical exercise, 30 minutes, five days a week minimum. And next is adequate sleep because that's another huge uh, problem with health, with obesity, uh, et cetera, et cetera. If you don't sleep a minimum of seven hours a night, you're likely to be on the road to problems. Right. So by following these guidelines, people can expect to live how long? A hundred. Wow. I would say if if everybody in this country suddenly just adopted those habits, those are, those are just common sense habits. Those are not, they don't require anything. They just require what I call common sense behavior. Um, within 20 years, might take a little longer, but within 20 years, average life expectancy would go from 78 to 100. Now, if we then did certain things 
and that was the impetus to writing the book. Uh, if we did certain things, I think we could go well beyond 100. And the three things you need to do, the end result of them is to in keep your DHEA, dehydroepiandrosterone, normal, healthy. DHEA is unequivocally the single best measurement of your potential for health and longevity as a biochemical measurement. The average person peaks in making DHEA at age 25. By age 30, most people have already lost 5 or 10% of what they had at age 25. By age 80, 99.99999% of people have uh, are down to less than 10% of what they had at age 30. Every known disease is associated with low DHEA. I've measured it in probably 2,000 people. I've never seen a patient with any problem who had a healthy level of DHEA at any age. Number, uh, the, the second one would be keeping your bones strong, because most people probably know this, but the most common cause of death in the elderly is a fractured hip. Just walking across the room, they can fracture their hip, a, a minor fall. And that means keeping your calcitonin normal. Calcitonin is a hormone produced in the thyroid gland that is essential for keeping strong bones. It's also, interestingly, the strongest pain reliever that the body produces spontaneously. And then finally, keeping your free radicals down. Free radicals are like having ozone run around in your body, rusting it, because they are looking for a home and they are responsible for all the chronic and, and a lot of the acute illnesses and wrinkling and, and wear out, essentially. So if we could keep our DHEA, calcitonin normal, and our free radicals really low, then I think we could add 40 years average to life. So I think normal life expectancy with just those things should be 120 to 160. And I give that range because there are genetics. Genetics are a significant contribution, and their accidents. But still, uh, it would be, and, and by the way, and we'd be healthy. So we ought to be healthy for 118 to 119 years minimum. And the human body is designed to live that long. It's just that we have not been living a healthy lifestyle in this country for the past several decades, right? So we, we were designed to live beyond 100. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, interestingly, one of my students did her doctoral dissertation working on personality and other aspects of people 90 and above who were healthy, still living independently. And so we know that in, in general, if someone is 90, even though they're still functioning pretty well, most of them are very low in DHEA. So I said, Trish, if, if you could get 10 of them to agree have blood drawn, I'll pay for the test to measure their DHEA. So she picked out 10 of the people, the eldest of whom was 107, but they were all independent living and healthy, and their DHEA was like that of a 50-year-old. Wow. So what are some ways, we're going to talk about your program, which is so amazing because it outlines all of this and it tells people exactly what to do. But for people who might, might want to take notes right now, what can they do? We're going to get in more in depth into your program, but for DHEA levels to stay high, what can they start doing right away? Ah, okay. A whole bunch of things. Number one is to relax. That is, we know that stress burns up DHEA, essentially. And so if everybody just took up something simple like autogenic training, we would control a vast majority of stress illnesses from blood pressure problems on down or up, as the case may be. So handling stress, and the simplest tool that I know is autogenic training. Number two... Magnesium deficiency is rampant throughout the world. 80% of Americans are truly intracellularly 
deficient in magnesium, which is involved in 350 different enzymes. And so many, many, many illnesses and problems are related to magnesium deficiency. So we found that oral magnesium is almost impossible to absorb well. And we found that through the skin, magnesium is absorbed better and gets into the cells better than taking it orally. And when you take it through the skin, it helps raise DHEA, an average of 60% of what you start with. Number three, natural progesterone. By age 50, women who go through the menopause by then have stopped making progesterone, essentially. Progesterone, I reasoned, was a precursor, potentially, of DHEA. And so I started with seven men, because there was so little work done on progesterone in men, but we do produce more throughout our lives than women do after menopause. And I gave them natural progesterone cream, and they became horny, and their DHEA came up. Everybody was happy except one wife. And But it, it works in most people. So, again, starting with whatever your baseline is, using natural progesterone cream uh, will, over a period of two to three months, raise DHEA 60% from whatever you started with. Number three... I discovered that a combination of methyl sulfonylmethane, MSM, most people know about it, and vitamin C, one gram of uh, MSM, two grams of vitamin C, plus a little bit of molybdenum and a little bit of beta-1,3-glucide. I call it youth formula, but it's, it's primarily the vitamin C and the MSM. That raises DHEA an average of 60% over what you start with. And then finally... There is a circuit in the body, and this comes back to one of those downloads that I received uh, from a guide, gosh, over 15 years ago. It was, In fact, it was right after I had done the progesterone research, and I sat down. Well, you know, if you start off at 180 as a man, that's just pretty, pretty low, and it goes up 60%. Even if it goes up 100%, which it does in some people, you're still well below the ideal level. And I said, what else can I do? And my guide popped in, and he said, Norman. By the way, he's the only person who calls me Norman. Everybody else is Norman. Norman, if you would stimulate the points to connect the kidneys with the gonads, with the adrenal glands, with the thyroid, and the pituitary through a one-to-the-sky point, it will raise DHEA. Now, fortunately, I've practiced acupuncture since 1967, so I understood the implications of what he was doing. I said, but there's no point for the pituitary. He said, find one. The Chinese didn't know about the pituitary. So I went to my acupuncture book, and I picked out the points that turned out to be 12 specific points. And when I tried it, lo and behold, stimulating this raised the HEA an average of 60%. So when you do all of these these specific techniques, it will raise DHEA an average of 250% over what you started with. If you started at 180 you're going to go up 250% average. That gets you pretty close to a healthy level. And DHEA is known as the youth hormone, so that is, is. that is the key. And um, your program, which we people can see the uh, the program that you are offering today at thewisdomshow.com under special offers. You can see Dr. Norm Shealy's picture and see the. Uh, special offer button, and what you're describing now is included in this program. So you really take people step by step. In the in the Living Beyond 100 DVD, you outline uh, so many things that people can take notes, as I did watching, uh, and it, tell them exactly what supplements to take. And then uh, also what I found interesting is in each area, the first thing you spoke about was the state of mind and the emotions. For example, you said for DHEA, one of the best ways to raise it is to be in joy. No question about it. Let me give you just one other example. I mean, back in the days when I was doing measuring DHEA probably once a month on myself as well as with all kinds of other people, one day I was about to do another experiment, and I'd, I'd taken my baseline DHEA. 
And I walked down the hall and passed the staff lounge, and somebody had been piling discarded cardboard boxes behind the couch in there. And I'd already told the staff I didn't like that. I had a five-minute temper tantrum. And so I measured my DHEA, and it had gone down 50%. Mm. So on another occasion, I measured my baseline DHEA, and I went into my office, and for 15 minutes, I just meditated, imagining my angel wrapping its wings around me for 15 minutes, and my DHEA went up 50%. Now, that is the way DHEA is. It is extremely related to stress. Stress can bring it down, deep relaxation, positive things can bring it back up. That's the normal pattern. The problem is when you burn out, then it no longer responds and comes back well. Right. So the advice is people need to stay in their joy. They need to enjoy their lives and have fun and and follow their bliss, as you say. Yes, absolutely. For the second, now you mentioned DHEA. So these are the top three things that we need to do to live beyond 100. Keeping the DHEA levels high and then keeping the bones strong with strong with calcitonin. So what are some recommendations for that? Ah, now that's a really big one because there are two aspects to this one. One of them is iodine. Since calcitonin is produced in the thyroid gland, well, in order to produce calcitonin, you also have to produce thyroxin because otherwise the whole gland is sluggish or inactive. And what we found is that 80% of people have a body temperature that is significantly often below normal. Once you're out of bed for several hours, your oral temperature should be 98.6 Fahrenheit. I had people coming in 96 point some odd, and certainly 97, 97.5 is not uncommon. If you don't have normal thyroid, then it's going to be hard to produce calcitonin as well as thyroid. So first you want to start with a normal body temperature or help get back to that. And the way to do that for most people is to take some iodine, and that works alone in 60% of people, but the rest of them then will need to stimulate that same circuit we talked about for raising DHEA because it actually includes the entire endocrine system. As you may remember, it, it, it's the gonads, the adrenals, the thyroid, etc. all of these through uh, in cooperation with the pituitary. And so then, once your thyroid function is normal, then you stimulate another circuit in the body, which we call the ring of earth. And the ring of earth is 13 different points, which when stimulated actively with electricity, will raise uh, calcitonin. Now, since the book came out, I have discovered that we can activate these circuits not only with electrical stimulation, but also with specific blends of essential oils. This is brand new information, but it takes 30 seconds to dab on the oils to these points, whereas it takes 18 to 21 minutes to do it electrically. So many more people, I hope, are going to be willing to take advantage of this. Uh, but you still have to do it. I mean, it doesn't work um, to – it It just doesn't work to think about it. Imaging might help adequately, but this is such a big physiological change. I think you really got to at least massage the points. And, of course, we also have uh, the DVDs that show people – how and where to massage. Right. So you have, when you speak of the ring of earth, the ring of fire, you have five different rings that include the acupuncture points that people can, in your program, they will receive both the CDs, which are visualizations for stimulating those acupuncture points, and then the DVDs in which you go through the process of showing how they can stimulate the points themselves uh, those acupuncture points without needles, but with, with with their own fingers. Yes, 
with massage. Yes. And so that this is a step-by-step process. People can do it either way or both. And then as far as the bliss oil, now when people buy this package, in addition, if they want to uh, take it a step further, they can receive a 50% discount on the bliss oil. And you have four different kinds. I love essential oils because they work so quickly. Uh, can you tell us about the special blends that you've made and what they each do? Yes. Air bliss is for one of the other circuits. And the, the ring of air is for essentially what I would call balance of mood and detachment from stress. When you get into the state of mind that you get in when you stimulate the ring of air, you just don't care about problems that otherwise can drive you bananas. Um, I've had one patient say, is this stuff legal? <laughs> and another one, it's got street value, Doc. <laughs> and and it's, it's that kind of feeling. But actually what it's doing is raising a neurochemical called neurotensin, which is a neuroleptic, which is a detachment neurochemical that we can produce. And the other one, which is even more important, is oxytocin, and that's probably the key. Oxytocin is truly the bliss, nurturing hormone. And this takes us back to something we were talking about earlier, so many people not being happy. Again, about 80% of people are not optimally healthy, happy, and they don't produce adequate oxytocin. And oxytocin deficiency is associated with every known illness, not some, emotional illness, that is, from anxiety, depression, ADHD, autism, addiction, borderline personality, and schizophrenia, all of them associated with low oxytocin. So raising your oxytocin can be tremendously emotionally satisfying. I get letters or email. I call them letters still, even they're email. I get emails from people every week telling me how wonderful um, it is for them to have activated the ring of air. And um, I, I think of all the oils and all the rings for mood. There's no question this is the one. And oxytocin, people may have heard of that as the bonding hormone. When, right. When a mother and child bond, that is the hormone that oxytocin is. And um, it is so critical, as you mentioned, in so many areas. I didn't realize that it would cause those conditions that you just mentioned. You know, let's, let's talk for a moment about why that is, Jane, because it's pretty important. If the mother has a traumatic pregnancy, she does not produce oxytocin at birth, at delivery. Now, I don't know, obviously I'm not in this position, but you know, 45% of children today are born, quote, out of wedlock. I can't imagine that that was not a traumatic pregnancy. A big percentage of women are put to sleep for one reason or another, have a cesarean or otherwise. They don't produce oxytocin. And if the woman is artificially induced because somebody wants to have the baby on a specific day, either the doctor or the patient or both, they give them pitocin, which is artificial oxytocin, but they don't produce oxytocin to go through the umbilical cord and essentially prime the oxytocin pump in the baby. If the baby does not receive adequate oxytocin at birth and phenomenal nurturing in the first seven years of life, that's where oxytocin deficiency comes from. And that's where a huge number of psychological emotional problems come from. And with air bliss, people can spray that oil on and... Actually, don't, you don't spray You don't spray it. You, you rub you, it. You rub it's it on. a little tiny roll-on bottle, yes. And they will feel that bonding hormone and that, that sense of well-being quickly by using that? Within 15 minutes. Wow. That sounds like something we all should have. That... I also think we should be spraying it all over the earth. Exactly. <laughs> so that is the air bliss. And then you have three others that uh, work on completely different issues. Can you tell us what yes. those are? 
Fire Bliss uh, is for raising DHEA. So once again, you apply it to the 12 points of the ring of fire, and um, again, it's going to take, as it did with even with electricity, uh, you get about 50% of what you can get in six weeks and the optimal 12 weeks of daily use. So it will raise DHEA. And, it, and it, again, what it's really doing is restoring or regenerating the adrenal gland's ability to make it. And, then, and we've already talked about how important that is. And, of course, I'd far rather have somebody make their own than try to take it. There are contraindications, in my opinion, to taking it over the counter. To taking DHEA? Yes. Right, yeah, because people need to know their levels before they, they take it, right? Right, and, you know, the problem is interesting. As long as you make enough DHEA, you will not develop cancer or most chronic illnesses. But once your DHEA goes low, then you no longer have that balance between cortisone and DHEA. And when you take DHEA, it doesn't do the normal balancing act that you get from your adrenal glands. And so there are instances have been reported of people suddenly taking DHEA and having a cancer that was sort of not doing anything flare up and grow rapidly, both prostate cancer, uterine cancer, and breast cancer. So I don't recommend taking it. I like to, But if the body makes itself, it's not going to overproduce. I haven't ever seen that. So then you also have the Earth Bliss. What does and that do? Earth Bliss, of course, is the one you apply to the ring of Earth for raising calcitonin. But, you know, it's important not only for raising calcitonin, but for pain relief because pain relief, uh, uh, calcitonin is the strongest pain reliever. It's 40 to 60 times as powerful as morphine. And so for some people, the most important part of doing the ring of Earth is just to use it for general pain control. It's excellent. And then, of course, a critically important one is crystal bliss. And that's for the ring of crystal. And we've got excellent, excellent evidence now that, again, it takes about a month to get the full effect. You get a good, a good benefit, in this case, within two weeks, but the full benefit takes four weeks. But we reduce free radicals 81%. Now, free yes. radicals, that is the one area we didn't touch on of the three components. So the, the free radicals are the inflammation that cause aging and disease and wrinkling, and that is exactly. so critical. And that's what uh, people are always trying to reduce free radicals to, to stay young. So this uh, crystal bliss is used for that? Yes, absolutely. And there's a part of me, and it could, it, it, it could take years to try to prove this, that just if you could keep your free radicals down 80% or more, I suspect many of the other things would repair themselves at the same time. You know, in other words, I think it's the combination of all of these biochemical responses to stress that wears out the adrenal glands, etc. So what are some ways that people can reduce free radicals or inflammation through diet, through what, what do they need to do in their daily lives in addition to using this great... Uh, bliss oil? Well, uh, the, the number one, of course, is stress reduction. We're back to that again. Drinking adequate water. Most people actually are dehydrated, and that's, that's inflammatory. That causes inflammatory changes in the body if you don't get enough water, even. And, of course, I, I would add to that avoiding city water. I consider city water toxic because of both chlorine and fluoride. I don't want those in my body. And so I think you need to get a filter if you live in a city in order to get the right kind of um, water into your body. And that means for most people, if you take your weight in pounds divided by two, if you weigh 150 pounds, that's 75 ounces. That is an adequate amount of water, unless it's really hot, then you need more. If we're 120 pounds, it's only 60 ounces of water. 
Now, beyond that, um, there are certain supplements that I particularly like, like astaxanthine, A-S-T-A-X-A-N-T-H-I-N. That is um, a superb adjunct in antioxidant capability. If all the supplements, I would put that um, number one or number two in my list. And this, the next one is vitamin D3, 50,000 units once a week. We know that if people would take a minimum of 5,000 to seven or 10,000 units daily of vitamin D3, we would cut out the incidence of flu and colds by 80 to 90 percent. And of course, keeping your immune system really, really strong is one of the most important things in the world uh, because um, it, well, it, every time you have one of those problems, you get a lot of free radical damage. And then beyond that, I would strongly uh, suggest uh, looking into uh, some of the other products that are particularly good for lowering um, free radicals. There's a product called Sunrise and one called Sunset. And this combination has um, a great deal of free radical reducing capability. Now, free radicals also have to do with inflammation caused by diet. It was funny in your pro- not really funny, but a little sad in your yeah. program. In your program, you mentioned that common sense went out the window in the 1960s as far as our diets. That is correct. I'm, one of my favorite statements is: I went to McDonald's once <laughs> in 19 in the early 1960s. You know, it was a new thing in town. I took one bite. And my taste bud said, this is poison. And I spit it out as politely as I could in public into a napkin, threw it all away. And I've never been back, and I will never go back. Because these fast food junk intake things, and 45% of all food in the country now is from fast food junk restaurants. They are loaded with monosodium glutamate. And that's one of the great inflammatory causes, but also, you know, it's in Campbell's soup, it's in most of your packaged foods, and your canned foods especially, and so we have to be really careful about avoiding things like monosodium glutamate. Right, so it's not only the fast foods, but it's all of the processed foods that have come out in the past few decades to make life more convenient and quick to prepare a meal, but in the process, people are losing their health more unhealthy, you bet. I am um, personally, my basic philosophy is if it has more than one basic food and maybe some salt, it's probably no good. When people ask you what type of a diet you recommend, I know there are, there are individuals and, and everyone's different, but what are the general guidelines that you follow? Well, the most important one is to look at gluten and wheat. And there are two problems that I think have occurred with, uh, with wheat and gluten. It used to be called the staff of life. Well, number one is a great deal of it is genetically modified. And the evidence to me is adequate. You know, there's a great concept in science that a huge amount will kill you quickly. A small amount over a long period of time will equally kill you, but just more slowly. And so the genetically modified foods to me are not good. Secondly, over the last 50 years or so, the so-called food industry has modified the way they make bread. When I was growing up, before most people were born, um, bread took 24 hours to rise before you could cook it. Now they put in some kind of junk that makes it rise in 10 or 15 minutes. And so you don't get the gluten properly used. And I have a feeling much of the gluten sensitivity is the result of the way the wheat is made or used as well as the type of wheat. 
But we now know that one-third of all Americans are highly sensitive to gluten. And every known autoimmune disease from multiple sclerosis, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, you name it, if it's an autoimmune disease, those people are hyper, hypersensitive to gluten. They should avoid it like the plague. So that's at the top of my list. Certainly there's some people who are sensitive to milk, milk protein, and are lactose. For those who are not, I think it's a wonderful food. Um, I personally eat 14 ounces of homemade yogurt every morning. Um, so that's one of the foundations. Beyond that, I think it's primarily 80% of your diet should be fruits and vegetables, uh, nuts and seeds, of course, as well. So I start my day, just to be sure, with a powdered fruit drink and a powdered, you know, dehydrated, really good quality green food drink. So that's two full servings of fruits and vegetables. Then I have a big glass of juice, so I've had three to start the day. In the middle of the day, I'll either have some kind of vegetable with something or fruit, again, in a, uh, a slush. That's a common lunchtime thing for me. And then in the evening, I will have a vegetable and, uh, and some kind of flesh food. Now, personally, I am not at all in favor of soy products on a regular basis for anybody. And I'm not a vegan. Uh, I think vegans are at great risk of having a whole bunch of, of amino acid deficiencies as well as B12 deficiency. Right. As far as gluten, I personally had uh, a gluten intolerance that was found by an alternative practitioner 15 years ago. And even at that time, it wasn't that well known then I, ha I had to really seek out foods that didn't have gluten in them. Now people hear about it more. You can get more foods available in health food stores. But that uh, has just become so rampant, the gluten intolerance. And so many people that give up gluten and wheat end up uh, resolving health issues just by doing that. Including autoimmune diseases. It's amazing. And then as far as being a vegan, um, I also had an issue with not having enough protein. So... These things you're, you're saying are so true. Yeah. Now, you know, if you really cannot psychologically, because that's really almost all it is, not tolerate the idea of meat, then I would recommend at least a scoop a day of whey protein isolate. That'll give you 25 grams of very high-quality protein. But personally, I think that range-fed meat of any kind uh, is excellent, and I think wild Alaska salmon is the top protein food of the world because <laughs> it has other goodies too. But so does range-fed beef. It's so so does range-fed chicken. They have omega threes in them naturally. And of course, you mentioned juicing. So juicing with greens, especially, that's such a great way to incorporate the leafy green vegetables every day. Yeah, my kids when I was growing, you know, kids. Don't take to these things too easily, but I used to, they called it green slime. <laughs> when I would bl blenderize kale and other greens out of the garden into a drink. <laughs> well, you can put stevia or an apple. Do you ever sweeten it with anything like that? I don't need it, you know. Um, I'm not opposed to stevia, by the way. If you're going to use a non-honey or, you know, real natural, which to me, honey is the natural caloric, if you will, uh, sweetener. In fact, we've not had sugar in our house since 1970. You don't have it in the house. Uh, but if you need something like that, I would definitely say stevia. Fortunately, I happen to like sour and tart, so I don't need extra sweet. And since your your whole program is mind, body, and spirit health, what are some of the things you recommend to people as far as meditating, prayer, what types of, um, of course, your program, your CDs are, are meditation in and of themselves with visualizations that people can do to stimulate the different areas that they may need to, or I guess they could rotate those, right, and, and use yeah. one different one each day. Yeah, I think if you're doing it just, just, if you will, for health and longevity, 
that works really well. If you're using it to recover something, you might need to do it more frequently. Right. And and how do you uh, suggest that people keep that positive outlook that you obviously still have at the age of 80? What what do you recommend for that? You know, I honestly think that the top of the list would be using the air bliss. I've had so many people who've been depressed for much of their life come out of it very quickly with that. But I think it's also important to program yourself uh, mentally. Uh, so, again, if doing autogenic training, my basic shoes uh, exercise, is, is excellent for retraining the nervous system. And one of the interesting things that Dr. Schultz demonstrated, uh, and he began 100 years ago, by the way, this is the 100th anniversary of that particular technique being developed. He demonstrated that people who practiced autogenic training for six months began to have autom- spontaneous visual spiritual images. So, in other words, the really balanced mind just goes towards the spirit instantly. That autogenic training basic Schultz CD is included in Dr. Shealy's amazing special offer package that has everything we've been talking about, um, uh, CDs and DVDs for the all the different rings for the acupressure points, um, and the basic Schultz CD, which um, that really is key because it it addresses stress reduction, which is one of the keys that you mentioned to begin with, Dr. Sheely, that if we can keep our stress level down, that is one of the main steps because that has been proven to be tied to all disease, basically. Exactly. Jean, you know, I did a recent study on high blood pressure, which is, of course, one of the dominant diseases in our society. And we were using a botanical product called Nitro Extreme, which is phenomenal as a, you know, safe and very effective. 69% of people, I don't know a drug that good. But in those people who, in whom it didn't work, I would give them just a five-minute guidance in autogenic training. And all but one person blood pressure came down within that five minutes. Now, then the problem is getting them to do it for 18 minutes a day at home. But if they will do it, it will control blood pressure just as well. So what exactly is the autogenic training doing? It is truly retraining the hypothalamus. You know, most people may not know what the hypothalamus is, but there's a part of the brain that is essentially the, the grand control center for everything that takes place in your body electrically and chemically. And so emotions feed in and change, either make you feel good or agitated, and so you get the chemical response to that. The hypothalamus is the balance center, and it is brought into true basic harmony by doing autogenic training. This is one of Schultz's great discoveries. That sounds amazing. They, all of these um, CDs and DVDs are truly amazing. And if people uh, spend, how much time would you say they should spend each day if they really want to get started on this program and they really want to be in a great state of health, mind, body, spirit, and live as long as they can, what would they do? Like uh, do a little bit each day? Well, I would do 30 minutes of physical exercise, first of all. And then secondly, I would put together a 30-minute, what I would call mental, physical, physiological retraining program using various components we've talked about. Right. So that's not a big investment every day if you well, com- really want you know, compared to. Compared to watching television? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When that's the alternative, there's no question. Um, but it is, and your CDs for the different rings, I just have to say those are amazing because you sound so hypnotic. Uh, the music, your voice, it really quickly put me into that state of relaxation and focus and visualization. Uh, those are amazing. Well, thank you. And of course, you know, this is something I've been working on since 1970. So it is, um, you know, it's something that I've had a lot of fun and a lot of experience with. Right, and of course, in the DVDs, if people want to do the um, touch the acupuncture points themselves, you show them exactly how to do that. So, thirty minutes a day to a new and youthful life. Um, 
sounds like an incredible opportunity, <laughs> which it is. So, Dr. Shealy, I want to thank you so much for your time, for all of this life-changing information. Anyone interested in more information and finding out about these incredible tools for living longer, feeling better, just being in a better state of mind, go to www.thewisdomshow.com under special offers. You will find it next to Dr. Shealy's picture. Dr. Shealy, thank you so much for all of this. This truly is the secret of the fountain of life and we want to thank you for sharing it with us thank you gene and remember say every day i'm okay god does not create junk wow i love that thanks for ending on that perfect note we thank everyone for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time on the wisdom show Visit us at thewisdomshow.com for access to archives of previous shows and special discount packages offered by our world-renowned experts. Thanks to internetaudiohub.com for our state-of-the-art broadcast sound. Internetaudiohub.com is available for all of your Internet audio needs. We look forward to joining you next time on The Wisdom Show.